You're listening to Breakaway Wealth, the show designed to help you build wealth faster, think bigger, and break out of the herd. Now, here's your host, Jim Oliver. Welcome back, Breakaway Wealth. I'm your host, Jim Oliver, and with me today, my guest, Steve Richards. Welcome, Steve. Hey, thanks for having me. So, Steve, I like to let everybody introduce themselves and to the Breakaway Wealth audience. And uh, I really like your your story and your message. So uh, just take it away and let us know a little bit about you. Yeah, man. Hey, again, thanks for having me. I'm excited to uh, get a chance to talk to you for a few. Whenever I get these opportunities, it's I love letting them go wherever they lead because, you know, life is so interesting. And uh, we get so focused on work and business and all these things like it's crazy how serendipitously things happen, you know, like I'm sure we're going to uncover some things that'll help the, the listeners today. So um, really quickly, just a background on me. I grew up in Indiana, Northern Indiana, went to Ball State in Indiana. I still live in Indiana. So I'm 48 years Indiana and got a business degree. I came out of college in the late nineties and did dot-com consulting. And I got to, got to see a lot of really cool stuff at that time. Uh, got to see a lot of entrepreneurs kind of probably stoked my entrepreneur entrepreneurial fire at that time. Um, one thing I saw a lot of was what not to do in business because there was a lot of venture capital, a lot of dumb things happening uh, during that time with money and finance. And, um, you know, I did consulting. So honestly, since like 1998, I've been consulting businesses, coaching businesses, owning businesses. Um, I got into real estate in 04, which, which is really ironic. Like as I started in a tech business, it was really awesome. But by 2000, the Y2K hit uh the dot com bust hit all these things happened i grew right through it i got into the sales aspect the business development side of the of tech world at that time and it didn't really affect me too much but i shifted into real estate in 04 and um started going balls out 6 months in it was uh i was flipping five houses a month and i was like oh if you can fog a mirror any bank will give you any amount of money like and when I buy a house, I just borrow, borrow more than I need. And I make 10, 15 grand buying a house, not, not even flipping it, like buying a rental. I would just cash in money, you know, and uh, not suggesting that to anyone, by the way. <laughs> but uh, but it was interesting times, you know, and then four or five years into that, I had shifted more to the rental side of things, but the market shifted and we had the big economic crash, obviously, in 2008. And so at some point I was like, wait, did this, am I the one causing this stuff? Like I got in tech, it crashed. I got in real estate, it crashed. And, uh, you know, at that time we definitely got dealt some blows, but I actually grew through that again. Like we had some of our best years at right after that. And we shifted more into a turnkey business. Uh, fast forward now, you know, I've owned a real estate business for 20 years, you know, since 04 is when I got in, like I said, and um, I flipped about 1300 homes. The first five or 600, it was a job. I was a hustler. I was self-employed. It was cool, but I didn't have a life. I mean, I did, but I didn't have control of anything. I couldn't scale anything. You know, over the last six, 700 houses, I've really figured out over the last 10 years of that, you know, first that 20 years, you know, the last, the last 10 have been figuring out business. And I think most people think they own a business, but they own a job and they're trapped. And a lot of people sit around working their corporate jobs like they don't understand it, but they're like sealing their own fate, Jim, by telling like they're like, I can't wait to go full time. As soon as I can go full time in my business, like that's their goal, go full time in their business. And what does every business owner want to do once they own a business they're full time in? They want to get out of it. Right. Like they don't want they're like all then then you spend the next 10 years trying to get out of it. And so over the course of the last five, six years, I've gotten more into the coaching side. I'm less involved in the day-to-day. -day. I'm not really involved in the day-to-day -day in my real estate business. 
And um, we own this, the CEO nations a coaching business. I own I help, you know, anyone who's in mid, mid upper six figures that's stuck. Like I can help them get to seven um, people that are in low seven figures that are working more than 10 hours a week. I can help them get out of their day to day. Those are kind of like what we do there. We also own a business called team architects where we've dove really deeply into the psychology especially the cognition of analyzing people and making sure the right butts are in the right seats. Cause as you know, that's the main thing that matters when you're building a business is uh, the people that you have, you know, you're only as good as the team you build. And uh, it's, it's an epidemic level issue that entrepreneurs are horrible at, at hiring, putting a Facebook post out and hiring your cousin's boyfriend is never going to work. <laughs> so, so there's a process. And so we teach entrepreneurs uh, how to, how to build and manage and run successful teams with the team architects company. Um, and then lastly, the main thing, you know, I'm, I'm most mostly focused now on uh, I'm doing some men's retreats and just the spiritual side of life. And I don't mean religious. I believe in God. That's what I believe in for the universe. But, you know, I think that the, people confuse religion and spirituality. And I think they also think that you got to be smoking weed in the, in the mountains with a ponytail and in Denver to like be spiritual, but you don't. And, and understanding breath work and exercise and diet and, and prayer meditation manifestation, like there's a lot of stuff that's very practical. And so bringing the practicality to spirituality is one of the things that I focus a lot on with folks um, through the coaching and the retreats we do. But um yeah, that's that's me in like four minutes or whatever that was. So, yeah, no, that's perfect. You know, um, it's funny because I think, uh, you know, one of my favorite quotes is adversity introduces a person to themselves. And when you talk about the, you know, when during the dot com and real estate and all of those busts, I've, I've been helping people try to build wealth during those times. And the first 15 years of my career, I was a full service financial planner or financial babysitter is what I call them now because people think that they're actually planning your, you know, they're planning your finances. Yeah. They're, they're, they're planning to make money from they're you for the rest of your life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> planning their commissions. And I always, uh, you know, what I did after 15 years, Steve, is I realized that my clients Kager, their compound annual growth rate for anybody that doesn't know that term, wasn't anything close to what the platforms were saying their average rate of return was. And, you know, and and that's kind of like, have you ever heard people with 401ks, they say, you know, hey, I'm getting a good return, but it doesn't seem like it's growing. You know, the average rate of return doesn't mean anything. You know, it's, yeah. um, you know, averages lie, right? So, you know, when you look at wealth, it's really about not trading your time for money. And I like what you said about that. And even the people that are seven figures, if you're seven figures, but you got to work 80 hours a week, or you got to work like you said, even 10 or 20 hours a week, there there are a lot of people out there that don't have to do that. And you have to plan for it. It's like anything else, right? You have to have a plan. If you don't have a plan, then how do you expect to, to get there? But when I tell people that, you know, uh, and I told our team that, hey, we're going to work four hours a day on growing this and then for four days a week, they kind of looked at me sideways because, you know, like, well, wait a minute, aren't we going to work like 40 hours and five days a week? And we're going to really and but I can be a lot more efficient in four hours and um, I can't be at my top performance for eight hours a day. I mean, I I'm 58. I, I mean, I've got a lot of energy, but I don't want to be doing that for that amount of time. And yeah. the other thing that you said that I liked is 
you know, people ask me, I, I have over 30 companies now. They ask me, well, Jim, how do, how do you do that? And, you know, doesn't that take a lot of your time? And it doesn't take any of my time because there's two things that I do. And it's really, it's super simple is I, I hire really good people and I overpay them. Simple. You know, they act like owners because they have the opportunity to be owners. So talk a little bit about like what you're seeing out there and what people need really from a coaching standpoint. Like, I just see that there's so many people stuck. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, could go a hundred directions with this. I'll th- let me start here. Our team architects business is designed to like do a specific, like, like help people understand how to define the roles in the business and, and do, uh, do the job ads and generate candidates and how to analyze those candidates, pick the right people, how to set up comp plan. There's all these things to it, right? It started out as a better mousetrap and we created an assessment that's better than Colby, predictive index, disc. I mean, anything you've heard of ours blows it out of the water. And we're like, cool, this is it. Like this is going to blow up. All we did was make people like shoot themselves faster. And, and we raised the stakes because now you're hiring the right person and you're still screwing it up. And we're like, gosh, what is going on? And to your point about the plan you mentioned a minute ago, like it was crazy how many people were coming to us and are like, yeah, I want, I want to hire this guy. And we're like, no, but you need, you don't even understand the business. They're like, I got to hire another sales guy because we have so many leads. My guy's inundated. And then we find out they don't even have an inside rep. So their outside guys actually inundated with leads, not real opportunities. Right. And like, we're like, yeah, but you don't understand business. Like, look, you, if you have an inside person to filter out based on qualification, you can cut the leads in half. And now your guy's only spending time doing working with qualified people. And you're in this horrible trip. You're in this like hamster wheel. If you hire another sales guy, then you just have to go double your marketing spend. And now you're just inundating two people with twice as much marketing spend. And they're not even, you don't even understand sales yet because you're just plowing your people with uh, suspects, not even prospects, you know? And so that's just one example of a dozen things that kept happening over and over again. And we're like, man, these people are in business and they don't understand business. Like understanding a setter closer model and having a systematized sales process to say, hey, how do we qualify people that come in that are interested to get it down to people that might actually be clients right now? And then what do we say to those people? Yeah. What steps should we follow to help them and uncover their needs? And like, you know, from a coaching standpoint, these X's and O's, you know, people like in real estate, because, you know, I think we have that connection. Like they think they got to learn all this stuff, all this training. The coaching is it's just business. It's in like it's kind of weird. But my one of my love languages is probably like KPIs. Like I like the Matrix movie. I see zeros and ones everywhere. Yeah, I just think yeah. that way. One thing that I don't care if you don't own a business, if you're a corporate executive. I mean, if, if you're just working somewhere and you don't care, like this isn't going to help you too much. But if you're trying to grow in what you do in a career or own a business, you have to become a student of that, of the structure of what's going on and 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 how to be efficient, effective, productive. Like all that stuff usually doesn't have to do with the thing. Like if you sell hamburgers, you sell houses, I don't really care what it is. There's like the technical information you have to know. But from what I'm seeing from all, all the folks I talk to, Here's two of the biggest impact moves we make. In fact, we have this thing called the impact audit we do with clients is they don't know what they want. So they have a, they don't have a good plan because they don't know what they really want. They just, they know what they don't want. Usually they're like, I don't want to work at this job anymore. I want to own my own business or I want to do this. And so they don't really define what they really want, or they want something ubiquitous. Like I want $10 million or I want like, I want to flip a hundred houses or I want to whatever. You know, when we break it down to like, why do you want that? 
like really understanding, okay, I want a vacation house that I want to spend one month at twice a year. Mm -hmm. I want my kids to go to this school and it costs this much money. Like I want to give this much to my church. I want to like have this much in savings because it makes me feel safe, like six months worth of my expense. I want to eat this kind of food and work out at this kind. I want to have this kind of body, like this this kind of shape. I want to have this kind of experience with my spouse. You know, I want to do a date night every other Wednesday, whatever it is, like all those things that you list are very specific and they take time and they take money. And if you can decide how much time and money you need to do the things in life that actually matter so that when you're, when you're gone, like you actually lived the life that mattered, we can reverse engineer a business or a career that will support that to give you the time and money instead of the other way around. Like you give your time and money to your business and you hope there's leftover for you or your job, you know, right. We designed the business to give you the time and money. And then secondly, I would say this, Jim, like people are like super, super um, bad about understanding where they're at. So they kill themselves over simple, like they don't give themselves credit for what they've really done. And then they'll turn a blind eye for stuff that, that you know, they got their cousin working for them and they're, they're just dead weight and it's just bleeding them out and they're not growing. There's a huge opportunity cost loss, you know, and there's stress and whatever, and they're not moving on and they're like ignoring these like issues and they're not being realistic about what's wrong sometimes. But they're also not realizing that they've done stuff like maybe 90% of the population wouldn't do. So like, we've got to get like, where are you winning? Where are you not winning? Have this objective look at where you are. Because like a GPS, once I know where you want to head, and once I know your current location, to your point, we can create a plan. And then the plan is everything. Like we need to take decision fatigue and shiny object syndrome out of play. And it's like, just wake up today and do these three things, you know, because that's the plan. And the plan has built into it times where we're going to reflect on what's going on and adjust the plan. Right. So I, I, I know that I could have answered that question, like I said, a hundred different ways, but I think the main thing I see across the board in all the different things I'm involved in, whether it's the spiritual retreats where guys aren't having the marriage they want or their body got let go, or you know what I mean? They don't feel fulfilled or they're a coaching client and their business isn't giving them what they want, or they hire us at team architects and they're, they're pissed at their team. All these things in your life, your your personal life, your business, like your team, all these things are mirrors. They're just reflecting back to you, like what you're putting out there. And if you're putting something out there without knowing what, who you really are and where you're really headed, you know, your current situation and your desired situation, like that's why you're floating in between. Does that make sense? Like, I don't, I don't know if yeah. that's a great way to answer that, but like, I see it in every aspect of life and it's the same problem. Like it's not knowing who you really are and where you are and where you want to head and having that plan to head that way. You know what I think it is? I mean, like, um, and I, I I love everything that you just said, Steve, is people aren't honest with themselves. And it takes somebody else to show them the the honesty. And what I mean by that, it's not intentional. It could be intentional. But let's say, you know, you, you have a scale on your bathroom floor, but you never get on it, right? If somebody said, hey, how much do you weigh? Oh, I weigh this. But you have no idea if that's true or not, right? But then when yeah. you get on the scale... It's always not what you thought it was, right? You might be happy because it might be a little bit. I mean, for me, I'm always I'm always battling my weight. So it's like, hey, it might be a little bit less than I thought it was, but it's never what I think it is. Because how would I know? Right? I'm just guessing. And guessing and hope is not a way to plan your life. But the other thing that I think about, Steve, is it's like golf. If I go and I take a golf lesson or Tiger Woods takes a golf lesson. That I say, you know, in the in my backswing, I'm coming here and I'm here. And they and 
99 out of 100 times, the golf pro says, that's what you think you're doing? That's not what you're doing. Let me show you, right? This is kind of to your point. So they take a video, but if they're really good, they have track man, yep. right? I hit, I hit my drive 290 yards. Well, hold on just a second because we can measure that with Doppler radar. So it's super accurate. No, you're hitting the 245, right? So, yeah. so now I'm not going to tell myself I'm five pounds heavier than I am. I mean, until my clothes fit different, I, I, I'll just ignore it, right? I'm going to tell myself I hit it 290, even though I'm hitting it 245. But having that coach come in and say, and I love that what you said about the assessment, and the best one that I've seen. And I've taken the Colby. I'm a twick, a 10 quick start. And I wouldn't disagree with that. But I mean, other than, okay, hire people that are implementers and, and fact finders. And I mean, I got it. I mean, who, not how I got that too. But I think the heritage profile, the one Buffini uses, I don't know if you've seen that, but it's really good. I don't know how they come up with it because they just talk to you on the phone for like 40 minutes. And then all of a sudden they have this report, but then you have to sign up to be a coach of theirs and i'm not going to give you my assessment of their coaching because i don't want to be negative so i guess that was <laughs> negative <laughs> but anyway i said a lot a lot there but talk about that like because you i love what you said i mean and let me let me just add something about sales process is i've been everybody's in sales right every single person is in sales it doesn't matter what you do so when you're in sales if you don't have a process and you don't know what's happening. A mentor of mine, Nelson Nash, he would always say, if you know what's happening, you'll know what to do, right? But if you don't know what's happening, how can you know what to do? So, so you know, I think that assessment is so important to say, let me show you where you're at. And let me show you, stop telling yourself you're good at this and good at that and good at this. Let me show you what you're good at. Yep. Man, that is a... Uh is a constant struggle in the co in our coaching business is that to your point, people, they just, like I said, they don't really know where they are and it's really hard to self-analyze because we have something, our ego. Yeah. And I don't mean pride by that. I mean like the subconscious programming that's based on who raised us, who we hung out with, the experiences we've had, our brain's been programmed to work a certain way. And it creates filters and lenses. And sometimes we see things with rose colored lenses. And sometimes we see them with brown poop colored lenses or like, you know, whatever. Like, but man, I see people who are like just misdiagnosing things left and right. Like, like to your point, I hope the a couple of the we're we're in family mastermind together, you know, one my opinion, one of one of, if not the top, probably mastermind in the country for real estate definitely is, you know, as far as for leaders in that business. I'm in another really high-end mastermind that I'm a, on the board of that too. I'm on, on these different leadership roles and I get to see like for years, I get to see the ins and outs of this. And so it's like the best of the best and I'm always studying everybody. So like in, in the other mastermind I'm in, I help run hot seat rooms. We don't do that in family, but in that one where it's where people are breaking down their business and talking about it constantly, we see people come in, they're like, yeah, I'm running a million dollar business or 5 million or whatever. It's a pretty high-end group for, for it's real estate investors. A lot of wholesalers and most of them are in the multiple seven figures, which is pretty good. A lot of wholesalers will never get to 99% will never get to this level. This particular mastermind is littered with people, but it's so funny because they'll be like, Hey, I'm a run a million dollar business. And they're like, yeah, we did a hundred grand last month and 80 grand the month before. 
you know? And so like, we're going to do 2 million this year. You know, they have these, I'm like, every time, like, no, you're not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when they're like 27, you know what I mean? And they got in the business three years ago. And and if, and if it was during the pandemic, I'm like, you're not, you're, you're a product of the, of the market. You're, you're, you literally, literally do not have a business. Like, like you are just falling into money right now, but we see people, my point is, and I'll try to, I'll try to make this more concise, but like the point is, I see people saying things like that. And one of the moves we make in our coaching is like, Hey, let's take the last six months or nine months. And I need your real numbers. I need your real expenses and your real, and, and it's so crazy how many people aren't tracking. They don't know their, they don't understand their profitability. I'm like, what, what's your profitability? And they're like, yeah, I think I do this. I'm like, I just had a coaching client the other day in manufacturing business who um, told me that his fixed, his cost, his monthly fixed cost is between 15 and 20. And I just simply had him create a spreadsheet and actually go through it because he doesn't, he just doesn't have good books. He's got a seven figure business for 10 years and, and he doesn't understand what his profitability is. I hope he's not listening to this and feel bad. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we did this process where I had him think through a couple of different things and categorize them and start to list them and not, and he kept thinking my accountant sending me these reports. I'm like, no, man, I need your credit card statements, your bank statements, like wherever you spend money, we need to go through all of them for the last 90 days and write everything down and whatever we figured out. The last time he texted me, he's like, holy crap, I'm at 32,000 monthly fixed expenses and I'm still going. Like when I asked him, he was dead. He's like, it's between 15 and 20. And it, it varies a little per month. I'm like, I bet it varies less than you think. And I bet it's more than you think. And so we did this project and it happens all the time. And so, you know, my point with that is it's it's funny where where I think a lesson for for anyone listening who's budgeting a department at a business, if they work there or if they own their own business is look at the look at the real results over the last six to 12 months, get your real expenses, get your real revenues, and then divide it by however many months you did. So you get your real average and then look at how many activities, like how many sales you know appointments are you running or how many offers you're making or how many like how many client demos are you doing? Whatever, whatever business you're in, right? Get your real averages about the activity and the finances, and that's who you are. Yeah. And Again, I see people who are like, I have a million dollar business, man. You know, everyone that does a hundred grand once they're like, oh, my business is, I have a seven figure business now. I'm like, no, you don't. Because I guarantee three months ago you did 20 grand. And I know in two months from now, you're going to do 10 grand and be in a cash crunch. Like I already know because these, these like big months when they're like, when they hit the first time you start doing six figures, they always come at the cost of like, they're built up because you had some bad months that kind of like things got delayed and finally came through. And usually you got lucky and some things sped up and then I just know it's coming with another dip. Right. And, and when we average it out and then you're, I'm like, no, you're doing 50,000 a month. You have a $600,000 business. You know, when you average everything in, well, a $600,000 business versus a million dollar business makes very different decisions about what marketing they spend on, who they employ, how much they spend on different expense levels and different budget levels. And if you're spending like a million dollar business, but you have a $600,000 business, you're going to wake up in a, in a bad spot, right? Yeah. And so back to our point, that is what I mean when I say people don't know who they are. Like results don't lie. I can find out who anyone is. If you show me your CRM where I can go look at how many sales calls you had or how many clients, and then let me look at your books and I can just add up how much money you spent and add up how much money you made. It's just simple math, division and subtraction. And it it's just simple math and I just need six months of it. And I'll be like, this is who you are. And I, and from that we can diagnose all kinds of things, you know? 
Yeah. It's like the track man showing you all the numbers. Here's your attack angle. Here's this, you know, in golf. But you know, what's funny is a few years ago, I had my bookkeeper. Um, I said, Hey, I want to run my personal life like a business. You know, I have the, all these companies and money's coming in and sometimes money's going out and I want a personal P and L every month. You know, just, I want to see from a personal standpoint, what's coming in and what's going out. But, you know, it took her like six months, honestly, to get that process down. But once we got it down, it's like every month by the fifth of the following month, I get yep. this report and it says, hey, I don't have to guess. Right. It's like getting on the scale. It's like, hey, guess what? My muscle mass was 200 pounds uh, uh, last week and now it's 200.3. So I gained three tenths of a. I mean, it's right there. And so I, I think accountability in, is, uh, is important because I don't know how you have a vision if you don't know where you're starting. I mean, if you were in an airplane and you said, well, hey, I'm going to go to Tokyo. How, how much gas do I need or how much fuel do I need? How, you know, what's the, well, tell me where you're starting. If you don't know where you're starting, well, I can't give you any of those answers. So then I have to lie to myself which people are great at lying to themselves. We sell ourselves before we sell anybody else. But it also, when you're talking to your customers, regardless of what you're selling, when you know what your plan is, you know where you are, you exude this confidence and your clients see that, your prospects see that because they're like, wow. And I'll give you an example. I have one uh, real estate client up in Wisconsin and the guy probably has 600, 700 million of real estate uh, in Wisconsin. But if I called him right now and said, hey, I need the tax returns for uh, 22, uh, 19 through 22, I literally would have them in two minutes and also an explanation of all the ad backs because he's in the real estate business. And, yep. you know, here's this, 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 and this. I would have it in two or three minutes, right? And that's why he's in the position he's in. I can call a lot of other people and they're like, well, let me call my account. And I have no idea, you know, like, and, and then I look at their tax returns and they'll tell me they make 2 million bucks. And I'll look at the tax return. It says 300 grand. Then I got to go through the tax return and find the ad backs. And they don't really know what the ad backs are. Right. Yeah. So I think that's a cool message, Steve, for the audience for today is kind of assessing. So what, what's the name of your assessment or how would somebody engage you? How would they find out more about you guys and what you do and, and all of that? Yeah. I'm, I mean, honestly, I'll get you uh, to put in the show notes. I'll get you like, you know, an email address. It's support at the CEO nation.com would be a great place. But honestly, I'm, I'm kind of a Facebook guy because I'm in that, you know, I'm 48. So I'm like yeah. the perfect demographic. It's hard telling like if someone needs coaching or needs team building, the ceonation.com slash links l-i-n-k-s is kind of a cool uh site we have where you you can like get to our podcast there's free training you can link to our facebook group and you know but i'll, I'll make sure you have like a, an email or something you can put in the show notes but right. but but i i want to summarize like what you said and i'm not trying to yeah backtrack on that but like i wanted to say this when you were talking a second ago you know accountability breeds clarity and that's a big point of of what you and I were just talking about these last five or 10 minutes here is without the accountability, you can't have any clarity and without the clarity, like you don't really know what's happening or what's possible. You, you lack a vision and the data, you know, you need it to survive if you don't have it to know what, like, again, just getting on the scale is cool, but it's still just a lagging indicator. Like you can't do anything about it. You get on and you're not happy. 
You know what I do know is I know what my base metabolic rate is. I know exactly right. how many calories I burn waking up. I know I use a fitness app to know exactly how many I burn when I work out. I use an app to track all my food and I know that what, how many calories I want to eat. And I know what I want to eat 40% protein. And I know that it takes four calories as one gram of protein. And I know how much grant, you know I mean? Like I'm super intentional with my action because I have clarity around where I'm at, what I want. And I have that because I had accountability with understanding all this stuff. Right. And so one thing we said at the very beginning was being a student of the game. Like, like you said, like in sales, if you don't know what's happening, you don't know. And if you have a sales team or yourself, if you're not following like a six or seven step process and your sales guy calls and you're like, how'd it go? And they're like, I don't know. Yeah, I think it went pretty well. And you're like, okay, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're like, well, what'd they say in step three, when you asked, you know, you positioned like the needs analysis, like what came up or when you did the pre-close in step six, you know, what objection came up? Like where, when you have these like clarity steps, because you know what, you know, what, indicators leading indicators will drive lagging results when i understand the business and uh, and i can build or or my life i understand how to lose weight i understand how to build muscle i understand how to have a good marriage i understand how to you know connect spiritually i understand um like gosh i i even do this with my doctor like i i get my blood work pulled every quarter yeah i know exactly how much vitamin d is in my body yeah i know what my thyroid produces i know like what my kidneys do like I know how much test I inject testosterone twice a week because I'm want to still work out like I'm 25, even though I'm 48. Like I put 31 units of testosterone in my leg twice a week. Like it's so everything is so metered, so calculated and so precise and without accountability in your life, you can't get clarity. And yeah, so I just wanted, I wanted to riff on that for a second yeah, because I yeah. think if there's a message to take away from today is that I would say, um, Everything in your life needs this kind of accountability, every aspect, because man, as you know, probably like if you get your relationships set well in your life, like get the right people in and the right people out and then treat the people you have in well and, and whatever, you know, be mentally stable and you get physically strong and healthy and you get spiritually connected to a, to something bigger than you, man, business is easy. Yeah. Like you can take the coaching you get and you'll be like, it's like rocket fuel when you get coaching and training and masterminds on top of having a balanced life. If you don't have a balanced life and you can pay for all the coaching and training and whatever, and, and whatever you want, and it's like oil and water, it just won't stick. You know, does that make sense? Like, I feel yeah. like that's a message that I hope that I can deliver to folks that it's like, it's not all separate. It's all, it's all integrated. It's, it's every aspect of your life. You know, I, I like what you said there too, because again, I equate things a lot to golf. And like, there's a time where you hit a golf ball and it feels so pure and it, you just hit it and the ball flights. Perfect. It goes the perfect distance. And you're like, that's it. That's what great feels like. Right. And by the way, uh, it's, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but yeah. if anybody plays golf, I want to add to that analogy. You know how easy it is when you hit that shot, you don't even feel the ball. Right. Yeah. You're not, not clubbing it. You're not, you know I mean? It's not vibrating your hands. Like, by the way, the best stuff we do and the best deals we do in business are always easiest. Like, it's, like it happens. I agree. You're exactly right. And you're not, you can't hit a ball like that. If you have anxiety, you're worried, you're mad at your spouse. Um, you're, you know, you're in a bad, you can't hit a ball like that. And you look at, I mean, the, probably the best golfer of all time, Tiger Woods, you know, Tiger Woods was playing well when Tiger Woods was good. 
like when his life was good, when his life wasn't good, he's, you know, even though he can, he can squeak it out even when it's not good because he's Tiger Woods. But, you know, um, like when I used to coach baseball and somebody would say, okay, I'm going to hold the bat way up here. And this is how uh, some pro does it. And I'd say he has exceptional ability. You don't. So you need to do the basics the right way so that you can get, you know, you can be successful in baseball. So, you know, hey, the, the, you know what else? The, I, I don't mean to interrupt you again. No, but that's I okay. love, listen, you're really hitting home with his analogy because I love golf too. Yeah. You know, the other thing about Tiger Woods is that yeah. he is the best of all time, arguably, but he still has a coach. Absolutely. Uh, you know what? I would say that all the time. And you know what? Here's the funny thing is and his we coach can't about, beat him at golf. His coach isn't better right. than him either. But he can analyze what Tiger Woods is doing, right? He can, you know, the coach has the tools, has the knowledge, has the experience to say, hey, I know you think that you're here and your your club path is uh, three degrees inside out, but it's really two degrees inside out. And that one degree when you're Tiger Woods is a difference. So back to you, like the indicators. I always think it's funny when people talk about like working with a nutritionist or a coach or a trainer. And one of the first things the trainer says is write down everything you put in your mouth for a week. And then people go, that's where the rubber hits the road, right? You know, carry around, you can get a, I don't know, dollar little pad if you wanted to, you can put it in a, you know, you can do it any way you want, but how many, what percentage of people actually do that? Not very many. Right. So, so all you have to do to be exceptional is do the things that unexceptional people won't do. And the common denominator of success by Albert Gray was successful people do what unsuccessful people either can't or won't do. Simple as that. So when you, your coach says, Hey, give me all of your expenses for the last six months, tell me everything you put in your mouth for a week. You know, show me what your workout is and and look, let's go through it. Whatever it is, it's that accountability. I mean, I'm changing trainers. My trainer moved to Boston. And I would tell you in the last three weeks, my workouts have lagged because I'm not even saying she was that great of a trainer, but just having her there and making sure that I have to show up at 6 a.m. and go through an hour of hit types of workouts and functional crap and pushing plates down the gym and sleds and just having her there i mean i I might go you know what i kind of have a little twinge here i'm not going to push that sled today i don't know what i would you know i mean i can talk myself out of it so having that coach i'm a huge uh uh, believer in coaching you know as we wrap up steve i think you given people some really cool thoughts and ideas and hopefully people i mean i tell people you have to get coaching you have to get a vision you have to have a plan i don't care who's well, I do care whose system you use, but there's a lot of good systems. You just got to use one and commit to it and do it. But Steve, kind of wrapping up, what's the best advice anybody's ever given you? Man, my daughter always gets mad at me because she's like, what's your favorite movie? I'm like, I don't have one. Like, yeah. I don't have. So I'm going to I'm going to answer that this way. OK, I think in the context of what we're talking about today and being better and bettering yourself and improving, you know, one of the best things I've ever heard, or or maybe I've just learned it, and it was advice that was given to me several times. I didn't understand it until I understood it. And now in a year from now, I'll be like, oh, I didn't understand that. I keep relearning this in different ways. Like there's levels to these games. And what got you here will not get you there. And deeper is what got you here is probably going to keep you from getting there. Because I love that. 
no matter what it is, we have these coping mechanisms or we have these planning mechanisms. It doesn't matter. We deal with life and it gets us somewhere, but it, then it gets in the way at some point. So, so letting go of what you used to rely on is a really important piece of advice, like in, in understanding, you know, how to, how to progress and move forward. I love it. Okay. Last question. If God came down from heaven and told you that you could only retain the knowledge uh, that you've received in one book, what would that book be? As before, I, I don't have a favorite book. Yeah, uh, that's okay. But in general, in the context today, there's a book called Living Forward. I don't have the author in front of me, but uh, we'll look it up. It, it allows you to look at where you, it's it's the it's the uh, cliche. You're at your funeral, and you have these you have friends, coworkers, family. You have these different kinds of people there. What would you want each of them to get up and say about you? It's a handbook. It gives you a practical way to look at the end understand what you would want those people to experience and say about you. And then think about what kind of things you would have to do with those people over time to, to make them feel that way when you're gone. And then you ultimately get backwards to creating an annual plan and you block it in. Like I'm doing this on this date with my kids. I'm doing this with, at work. So you ident you distill the things that matter that move the needle and then you block them on your calendar. And um, that book is really cool at helping you leave an intentional life, lead an intentional life. I love that. I love that intentional too, because if you don't have intentionality, you don't have commitment, you're really not going to get very far in life. And one thing that's so cool is if you do these things, you do them just a little bit better. You just do things uncommonly. It's uncommon for people to have coaches, right? To help you get to where you want to go. But th that's the coach's job. Once you establish the vision and the goals, you have a teammate now. Instead of just trying to do it on your own, and I don't care how successful you are. So, Steve, thank you so much for being on. And uh, I think we could probably, uh, you and I could probably talk about coaching and performance uh, all day long. So, a lot of what you said really comes down to uh, how we end the show. And we end the show with the incredible words from Earl Nightingale and the strangest secret. So, Steve, thank you so much for being on and take it away, Earl. Here's the key to success and the key to failure. We become what we think about. Now let me say that again. We become what we think about. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. If you are looking to discover new wealth building strategies, then go to community.createtailwind.com. That's community.createtailwind.com to join our free online community and get access to free courses and in-depth training videos designed to help you build wealth and break away from the herd. Click the link in the show notes to access the community today. Thanks again for listening.